Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Al, and I'm here with my best bud in the whole damn world. It's <gasps> D. It's me. You didn't think it was going to be me, but it's I wasn't me, sure who it was going to be. Who walked through that door? What? what? It's D. It's me. <laughs> Is this the last week of July? This is the first week <gasps> of. Of what? Of what? Of what, Al? Of what? Get ready to snake that drain, baby, because it's clogged. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought we'd be going <laughs> this month, but. I like it. It's time to just like, you know. It's time ooh. to unclog. It's time to unclog. It's time to get things flowing again. All of those ad creeps we've had in our files for years. Exactly. It's time to get rid of them. Yes. It's time uh, to flush them. You gotta. I like this vibe. <laughs> you, you always you always <laughs> know the exact right way to go. Oh. Kind of a vibe smith. <laughs> oh, a renaissance vibe man? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So you, your ad yeah. could be about something that, like, physically to unclog. Or it's just you got to get it out of there. No, this is, like you said, this is one that's just been kind of hanging around for a while. Yeah. And, and I finally kind of figured out, yeah. you know, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Oh, I like it. Can I tell you a, a toilet story? I would love for you to tell me a toilet story. So we're very lucky. Uh, 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 per- I'm a very lucky person because I have a place where I got three toilets. Not me. Not you. I know. Just two. We're, we're living the dream. It's honestly. But the three toilet situation is um, a blessing and a curse because okay. you have a toilet on each floor, right? Yes. Basement, regular floor, upstairs, right? Sometimes your partner uses the downstairs toilet because mm-hmm. it has a bidet. Um, because the upstairs toilet is being used by me. I love, I only poop in my upstairs toilet. Okay. I would never. Wow. Cause I got my little stool in there. My stool stool. You got all your amenities. I got my amenities. You know, it's comfy. It's the right height. The downstairs toilet is okay. But what the problem with the downstairs toilet is sometimes, um, you don't use it very often. Yes. So if a little, a little turd decides not to do the flush. Oh no! It just it becomes an island, <laughs> and it just sits down there. Oh yeah, yeah. So yesterday I was working downstairs cleaning up my my biz, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I opened up the downstairs toilet, and there was a whole city in there. What? Oh my! Had it molded? I don't. It like it had. I would call it a rust stain. <sighs> like made rings around where the. Substance no. was. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> it's yucko. <huh? laughs> that's disgusting. And that's that's future D's problem. I'm not clean. I didn't clean it. it was, <laughs> you just left it? I just le- well, I flushed. I flushed. Okay. But it's still. You should have a lot of people over. Well, that's their problem. <laughs> I'm using my upstairs toilet. They can use the downstairs toilet. I mean, I will. I like the downstairs toilet. Do you like the downstairs um, toilet? It's it has a feeling of privacy. Yeah, it's it's down down. Like if it's you got to make basement. some if you got to make some noise. <laughs> you know, do that downstairs toilet. Yeah, man. Anyway, I'm putting our producer on blast for leaving <laughs> leaving a turd down there for like months. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Okay, that's my that's my story I had to unclog. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. You snaked that drain in. It I was did. Great. It was great. It all came pouring out. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. In this episode, 
I'd like to continue to explore what could potentially be called one of the main themes of this podcast. <laughs> okay. And that theme is queer people. Are they new? <laughs> In this essay, I will. <laughs> A journalistic ex- investigation. Are they real or not? I talk to people who only think that they didn't. <laughs> who would know? Well, Mickey Mouse's dad, Walt. <laughs> okay. May be the copyright king. His magical kingdom has been built from the very beginning out of public domain bricks. Yeah. From his 1946 animated film, Peter and the Wolf, which used Russian composer Sergei yeah. Prokofiev's famous children's symphony. I love that one. It is very it's good, so isn't it? so good. Iconic. That's what happens when I go for my Gila runs. When I, I like to imagine that I sound like one, a little dog whose feet go deedle, 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 deedle. <laughs> You gotta get some oboe in there. (laughs) You gotta. Uh, To a 1955 TV miniseries that mythologized Alamo dipshit Davy Crockett to sell fur caps and bubble gum. Yeah. They love that guy. (laughs) They do. They built a whole Disneyland land around him. They really did. You know they have Davy Crockett in the Disneyland. They have Davy Crockett canoes. You actually have to fucking... You actually have to paddle them. You put tourists in there? (laughs) Disney? Someone's going to get a heart attack. <laughs> They're here to eat pretzels, soft pretzels shaped like Mickey Mouse's face with a lot of cheese. They're not here to do exercise. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what am I supposed to push the monorail next? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> am I supposed to kill people to make ghosts for the Haunted Mansion? Come on. I would not. I would not. I have a list, though. Yeah. Oh, we've all we got, got, we got, all got, got a list. list. <laughs> <laughs> So much of the 20th century Disney canon is pulled from people and works that Walt himself was interested in. But did you know that no less than eight Disney productions were based on the work of a queer author? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it Hans? Hans. It's Hans. <laughs> Including both shorts and full-length animated features, these creations spanned over 80 years from 1939 to 2023. Awesome. Whoa, 2023. That's today. Yeah. Because they redid the Little Mermaid. Oh, they redid the Little Mermaid. Can I tell you I went to the home of Hans? Did you? Yeah, I went to Copenhagen. Oh, yes, Copenhagen. They love him. They love him. They love him. In their um, theme park, um, they have a Hans Christian Andersen slow ride. We didn't get to go on it. Uh But it's with all his stuff. My favorite... Hans tribute mm-hmm. is um, by where the Hamlet castle is. Okay. They have a remake of the Little Mermaid. You know the Little Mermaid statue? Yeah. So they have her, but it's not her. Ooh. It's a trans boy. What, really? Yes. I took a picture with him. His name is Hans. Oh my God. Yeah. And I took, yeah. And so it, it was put up for the first pride and it was like. That's so lovely. Yeah. It was really nice. I would love to be a mermaid. Well. Hmm. Could you, I mean, what's the situation down there like, though? Fish. I don't know if I want to be a fish down there. (laughs) Serving fish. (laughs) That's rude. You can't say that. (laughs) I can say Uh, that. Yeah, we can say that. I can say that. No one else can. (laughs) In a letter to his friend Edward Collin, Hans Christian Anderson wrote, I languish for you as for a pretty Calabrian wench. My sentiments for you are those of a woman. The femininity of my nature and our friendship must remain a mystery. Oh, he's a girly. He's a girly. Collins did not return Anderson's affections, but there were others that did. 
Carl Alexander, a young Duke of Saxe-Weimar-Eisenach in the German Empire, Damn. En- uh-huh. Damn. engaged in a relationship with Anderson, of which he wrote, The hereditary Grand Duke walked arm-in-arm arm with me across the courtyard of the castle to my room, kissed me lovingly, and asked me always to love him, though he was just an ordinary person, asked me to stay with him this winter, fell asleep with the melancholy, happy feeling that I was the guest of this strange prince at his castle and loved by him. It is like a fairy tale. Hans just wanted to be a princess. I know. He just wanted to have a prince. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> now, I only know he wrote Little Mermaid. Yeah. Do you know the other ones he had? Frozen was based on him and okay. Frozen 2 on the Snow Queen. Yeah. The Ugly Duckling. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts. All sorts. All sorts. He had a lot. He had a lot, yeah. He loved, he loved writing. He loved telling those stories, man. Yeah. Walt Disney was very interested in Anderson as a person and actually began working on a mixed-media live-action animated biopic of the Danish author in partnership with Samuel Goldwyn of MGM. Gee. That's... I didn't (laughs) know that. Gee. 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 Much like his portrayal of Davy Crockett, Walt's depiction of Anderson grew into a caricature of the storyteller. Mm. But as Disney animators pushed for unionization on the picket lines, forcing Ah. a turn towards war propaganda generation for Disney Studio, this and many properties, including a planned Peter Pan film, were put on hold. So this is 50s? Yeah, we're talking about the, the, well, 40s. 40s. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 because it's... 30, 39 towards... By the way, if you're ever in San Francisco... um, Walt Disney or the Walt Disney family has a museum and it has a lot of cool stuff in there. Cool. I would definitely recommend it. Wow. So while Peter Pan eventually did get made, Walt's version of a Hans Christian Andersen biopic was never finished. Mm. Though it was eventually revitalized sans animation by Sam Goldwyn via RKO Radio Pictures in 1952. Oh, okay. So that was made without any of the animated parts, but uh, it's a live action. live action musical numbers instead. Oh, okay. I like it. Mm. Have you? Did you get to watch any? No, I no. didn't. Okay. But it didn't have him be... I didn't have him be gay? You know. Because <laughs> that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Whether Walt Disney had any knowledge of Anderson's queerness, we don't know. But we do know that prior to starting his career in entertainment, Walt lived through the event that kicked off the modern gay rights movement. Whoa. Well, sort of. He arrived in France right after the armistice, so technically he just missed it. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. We like to joke on this podcast about how your great granddad was sucking dick in the trenches, Absolutely. but that's because it's true. Yeah. Around 70 million people were mobilized for World War One on both sides of the conflict in places like Verdun, Passchendaele, Gallipoli, Palestine, and the Sinai Peninsula. An unintended result of the massive troop mobilizations and the necessity of bonding under horrific conditions was the realization among many that what they had in common was much more common than they knew. Hmm. I like this. <laughs> yeah. While queer people have always existed, the connections formed during the First World War created a greater understanding of queer community and solidarity, and did so on a larger scale than it had previously. The result was that hundreds of thousands of soldiers returned home to demand the human rights that, having faced death in service of their nation, they rightly felt that they deserved. I like the idea of, like, because PTSD was a big thing Mm -hmm. coming back home as well. I like the idea of these guys kind of just figuring things out, like having having a moment to figure things out of like, yeah, man, you know, this messed me up, but also I think I <laughs> like other men. Well, it's also like this interesting thing of this um, movement from like a a space in which is normal and expected to a, a more liminal space mm. in which like you're in a horrible situation, you could die at any moment. Yeah. Y- things are moving through your mind in different ways than they normally would. Yeah. And also the division, the like gender division of war mobilization mm. had an effect as well. Yeah. If I'm going down, I'm going to suck a couple dicks before. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, please, please. That's all I want. <laughs> 
Do you have a book that you would recommend about this? I'm actually going to post a, a few. I'm going to post okay. a little reading list in my sources. Excellent. Good. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, over a century later, the struggle is still ongoing. Mm. There are a lot of well-known World War I veterans that we know were gay, like war poets Rupert Brooke, Wilfred Owen, and Siegfried Sassoon. Well, we... Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to be stereotypical, but It's in on. the name. It's in the name. <sighs> While he did not serve in the war, Spanish-American philosopher George Santayana resided in Oxford for the duration of the war and is the source of the quote, only the dead have seen the end of war. Mm. British author E.M. Forster was a conscientious objector Mm -hmm. and worked searching for missing servicemen in Alexandria, Egypt, and as he called it, lost his respectability to a wounded soldier in 1917. Oh, when you lose your first respectability. He called it losing his R. Losing his R? (laughs) That actually, very sweet. I actually it's like that a lot. Sweet. It's sad, but like if you take the power into it, yeah. I love it. Lost my R. Lost my R. It was great. No longer R. <laughs> <laughs> Later, in a letter to a friend where he described the characters in his in-progress novel Maurice, he wrote, Are these perverts, good or bad, like normal men? Their disproportionate tendency to badness, which I admit, being due to the criminal blindness of society, or are they inherently bad? You answer, as I do, that they are the former. The man in my book is, roughly speaking, good, but society nearly destroys him. He nearly slinks through his life furtive and afraid and burdened with a sense of sin. (laughs) No. Maurice? No, we're just bad. From the novel Maurice? (laughs) Oh, him? Oh, him? Forster's book was published posthumously in 1971. He had hoped to publish it while alive as early as 1914, but feared that the happy ending he had given his homosexual characters would not be acceptable to any publishing house. Oh, like today. Like today. <laughs> in 1960, ten years prior to his death, he explained his thinking when crafting the story. A happy ending was imperative. I shouldn't have bothered to write otherwise. I was determined that in fiction anyway, two men should fall in love and remain in it for the ever and ever that fiction allows, mm-hmm. and in the sense that Maurice and Alex still roam the Greenwood. Mm-hmm. I dedicated it to a happier year, and not altogether vainly. Happiness is its keynote. Oh. I know. That's really nice. Like Hans Christian Andersen, Foster was convinced of the need for and the reality of a queer happily ever after. Mm -hmm. At the 35th Academy Awards, a 1962 film about a queer veteran's experience in the Great War won six of the nine categories it was nominated in, including Best Picture and Best Director. What was that? That director, named David Lean, was known for large-scale Ben-Hur-style epics, including The Bridge on the River Kwai, A Passage to India, and an adaptation of Boris Pasternak's Dr. Zhivago. Okay. But perhaps the work of his most beloved by cinephiles is Lawrence of Arabia. Based on the life and... <laughs> May I say? Shit, <laughs> dog! Okay! Based on the life and works of T.E. Lawrence, specifically his experience supporting the Arab Revolt during the First World War, in his book The Seven Pillars of Wisdom, he opens with a poem dedicated to S.A. I loved you, so I drew these tides of men into my hands and wrote my will across the sky and stars (laughs) to earn you freedom, the seven-pillared worthy house, that your eyes might be shining for me when we came. Ugh. Can never find that sort of love at Pride, man. (laughs) Just You're not bars. finding that on Grinder, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Write me a poem. <laughs> the most popular theory on the identity of S.A. is Salim Ahmed, a companion of Lawrence's mm. that he worked with at an archaeological dig prior to the war. Oh, 
show me that movie. <laughs> God, This was essentially that movie. Oh, yeah, I guess it was, huh? <laughs> yeah. In the first chapter of his autobiographical work, Seven Pillars, he describes a downtime scene between soldiers during their campaign to separate Syria, Palestine, and Lebanon from the Ottoman Empire. Mm. In horror of such sordid commerce, our youths began indifferently to slake one another's few needs in their own clean bodies. <laughs> a cold convenience that by comparison seemed sexless and even pure. Later, some began to justify this sterile process and swore that friends quivering together in the yielding sand <laughs> with intimate hot limbs and supreme embrace... <laughs> wow! found there hidden in the darkness a sensual coefficient of the mental passion which was welding our souls and spirits in one flaming effort several thirsting to punish appetites they could not wholly prevent took a savage pride in degrading the body and offered themselves fiercely in any habit which promised physical pain or filth this is just a business wank yeah you know when you just you and your partner you're like I don't want to like get into it the hot and heavy is a little bit too much I but I just gotta get off these are the trenches baby yeah. <laughs> you lie together you make eye contact you do a little diddle who's gonna know, know? who's gonna know? know quivering quivering wow hot and sensual in the sand ugh <laughs> gets everywhere gets everywhere especially okay. The butt hair situation is getting out of control. Oh, yeah. I cannot imagine butt in sand. You're not getting ish in there. Mm-hmm. It's collected in there now. It's there forever. It's You're never going to Essentially, not it's there shave. forever. <laughs> oh, no. In a 1989 interview with the Washington Post, Lawrence of Arabia director David Lean was asked about the film being pervasively homoerotic. Mm. He responded like this. Yes, of course it is. Throughout. I'll never forget standing in the desert once with some of these tough Arab buggers. Some of the toughest we had, and I suddenly thought, he's making eyes at me. Uh. And he was. So it does pervade it, the whole story. And certainly Lawrence was very, if not entirely, homosexual. We thought we were being very daring at the time. I'm very, if not entirely, homosexual. I love that. Yes. I love that definition. I gotta watch Lawrence of Arabia again. Yeah, I know. I think so. Boy, we gotta... You gotta get... I gotta dive back in. I think I... Oh... Hmm. It's just... I want... I want men to make eyes at other men on the films that I watch. It'd be great. My favorite... My actual favorite quote from David Lean about this movie... Yeah. ...is that he says, all of the motion in the film goes from left to right to yeah. emphasize that it was a journey. I think that was Lord of the Rings. Okay, film 101. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my guy. Okay, okay, okay. Another famous quote by George Santayana is probably going to sound familiar to you. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a history major. I get it. Okay, he was gay, though. <laughs> oh, then it's great. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> oh, he's gay? Well, then. <laughs> I just think it's cool yeah, that a gay really guy cool. said it. Yeah. I think there's a real parallel between the way that World War I connected queer people both on the front and at home and the most recent few decades of the queer rights movement since the birth of the internet. Mm. On a larger scale than ever before, we've been able to talk, commiserate, organize, and create community in a way that is mindful of the intersections between queerness and linked movements like racialization, disability, reproductive rights, and labor. Um, Someone honked. Two honks for gay rights. (laughs) I just love the idea that you get a bunch of guys together in, like, basically a room. Yeah. And put them, like, in danger. Yeah. And they're gonna, like, oh. But should we fuck? That's And that's the instinct. Yeah. That's natural, baby. Like, that's not, it's not perversion. It's in you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Are you man enough to be a fag today? <laughs> That's I wore that shirt yesterday. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Sweater Muppet. Yes. Uh, they're fucking great out of New Hampshire. We love them. Big fan, big yeah. fan. So, queer people. Are they new? No, pal. No, pal. And together, we're building on our long history in expansive and inclusive ways. We've always been here. We're not going anywhere. And frankly, we are done waiting for a happier year. Yeah. So here's a vaguely related beer commercial. (laughs) I love ad creeps. Sometimes I get to do a little gay manifesto as a treat. Yeah. We're just flushing this one out. This is an ad for Harp Lager. Okay. It is um, <laughs> sort of uh, mixes the past and the future. Okay. Uh, and it has, I think, something that you're going to enjoy. I'm so excited. <laughs> you can watch this ad in our sources. We'll return after these messages. I leave the lost secret of the golden fountainhead. The orb will be our gateway to yesteryear. Goodbye, Barney, and enjoy the crack. I'd like to try your hop lager, please. Never tried it. I'd be right in saying that you're on holiday, sir. Uh, no, I'm from the future. But how did you manage that then, sir? With my orb. Why got it? You're from the future. That's your time machine. And I'm Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yeah, pigs will fly. Hey, Lawrence, give us a pint of harp and a packet of dips, please. Hop lager. Seriously, good beer. Welcome back to the show. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Well, so, okay. Someone couldn't say no. No, exactly. Yeah. Someone, someone was like, someone didn't yeah, have okay. I. Oh, what a mess. Also, it just got, like, so compressed towards, like, yeah. the last 30 seconds. Okay, so you... I know, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you have a time traveler. Yes. Tra- you have a Terminator. A Terminator. Yes. And something's going on in the future. Yes. So he's going back into the past. What is going on? I do not know. He goes into a bar. It's Harp, Harper Lager? Harp Lager. Harp Lager. Famous Irish Lager. Okay. He goes in... And he says he's from the future. Yeah. If you're from the future, don't say you're from don't the future. Don't say you're from the future. That's, That's the so important. That's rule number one. You know? The rule number one. Uh, and then he goes, I'm from the future. And the bar guy goes, he gives him a wink. And he, he says, well, I'm Lawrence of Arabia. And you're like, okay, he's gay. <laughs> yeah. So this is... This I is, get it. This is the new friend of Dorothy. Yes. I'm Lawrence of Arabia. Um, and then he says something about pigs will fly. Yeah. This is your standard I don't believe you expression. And... The thing that happens in the tight in the end, like ten seconds, I just don't. <laughs> so a actual like little puppet pig and like a like a like what's his name? Um, the Red Baron. Well, what's the the oh, guy? Oh, the pig from... from the movie Japanese movie. Anime. Oh, Porco Ross. Yeah, it's Porco. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's him. Yeah, he's flying around. Wait, is he? So ha- what happens is wait. Okay. The 
man says, I'm from the future. Yeah. He says, oh, you're from the future. Well, uh, then, yeah. I'm Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. And pigs will fly. Yeah. But because the man is from the future, then the things that he said immediately come true. Pig flies. Yeah. And... A camel says, hey, Lawrence. A little puppet. Yeah. No, I love a puppet. I knew you would be excited I about do love puppet. a puppet. I do love a puppet. I did love his accent. It was not racist. I am so thankful. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm so thankful. We love an Irish uh, camel. And he's like, hey, Lawrence, give me a pint. And a packet of dates. <laughs> okay. Well, that was, I would have edited that. Because <laughs> uh, that's bordering on. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, and then it ends? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it, folks. We're just gonna flush this one out. Huh? <laughs> I like that did. you. I like that you brought this to us because I couldn't tell you how I would connect this ad to anything. Yeah, because it's nothing it's, and so much. Yeah. But also, it needs to be talked about. I know. <laughs> we so need to. We, we need, need to, to talk, talk about, about it. it. We need to talk about and it. And I figured out a way to do that. Good job. I love it. Well, it's um 2023. 2023. It is now the future. It is now the f- the future is now. And I think we're going to do it again. Okay. I think we're going to have I want it set in Ireland. I want the time traveler. I want the 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 terminator situation. Yeah, the vibe. Um and he comes in and he says, "Look, the future's bad." I think he goes in the past. I think okay. Future man is from now. Okay. Future man is... This is a back to the future thing. Are we future men? No, we are not. Wait. Yes, we are future men. Okay. And we're going back to the 70s. Oh. You know, right? Or, yeah, the 70s. I will say the 70s. Uh, and he goes back and he says, look, I came back. There's going to be there's gonna be a lot of horrible things that the government is doing to a lot of people. And, and the we people in stop. the 70s are like, Really? really? <laughs> oh word! So he goes, so he goes further back. <laughs> <laughs> makes a couple stops. He makes just, and he's just like, I can't. It's just fat all the way down, huh? <laughs> but he finally gets to a bar, and he goes, "This is all happening. We gotta stop it." And he goes, "The bartender's like, well, I'm Lawrence of Arabia, and he is." <gasps> The, the time traveler has gone back to Lawrence of Arabia Oh, times. so he's gone back to sort of like Great War era. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. And then they have a romance. Yeah. It's really nice. He helps him get over his ex. Yeah. And they drink probably mediocre Irish beer. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's very it. sweet. Yeah. He just keeps making mistakes. I love that Lawrence of Arabia in this is like, and I'm Lawrence of Arabia, but it's just... It's just him. He's And the guy's like, I... I know who that is, but you would have no expectation that I would know who that is because you would have no idea that you go on to be quite a famous figure. No, Lawrence figure. knows. He knew. Oh. He knew. Okay. He absolutely knew. <laughs> I just like the idea of a time traveler trying to stop a horrific event and keep having to go back and like, oh no, we got to keep going back. I just, I love the idea of a time traveler going to the past and be like, it's really bad in the future. And then be like, it's bad now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll keep going back. <laughs> I'll keep going. And then, then suddenly there are dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs are like, rawr, rawr, rawr. things are great, actually. And then the asteroid hits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they kiss. They kiss. That's it. We love it. Yeah. Um, I have something extra special for you. Ooh. 
It's a email from our friend. We love emails from our friends. Uh, you can actually email us at creeps at gmail.com. Please do. We love This is from, from Rob from the greater Boston area. So can we call you Baston Rap? <laughs> no. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do that to them. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. We shouldn't do that to them. They're a friend. Yeah, we but we not. will talk about you parking your car. So <laughs> in the in the where? Yod. Okay. So Rob says some really nice stuff about us, but yeah. I'm not going to self-flagellate. I'm going to self-flagellate later off air. Um, <laughs> will I be there? I mean, you we can fuss up. We can lay like in the trenches. <laughs> In the hot sand, lay together and flagellate ourselves. Oh, boy. <laughs> I want to tell you about Rob Levine, the, quote, heavy hitter, if you will. Ooh. Rob Levine is a personal injury l- attorney. Of yes. Course. Of course he is. Who does his work in the same state that bore my soon-to-be 72-year-old father, Rhode Island. Rhode Fantastic. Island. The smallest state. He's so weenie teeny. It's just little. It's just a little. <laughs> To the general public, he is known for, well, not much, aside from being really goddamn good at winning cases involving personal injuries, apparently. Mm. To me, though, he is known for his bragalicious and sometimes hilarious commercials that end. That's braggadocious? Braggadocious. Oh, I said braggalicious. You did, which That's is all thing good. that Bragg said. Uh, braggadocious and sometimes hilarious commercials that end with this jingle. The heavy hitter is the one for you. Call 1-800-LAW-1222. Ooh. Ooh. I become very familiar with this man's commercials and jingles throughout my lifetime, especially the, the past uh, 12 to 13 years, over many hotel stays in the state. Yes, that's when you yeah. get it. That's when you get it. That's a sweet spot. Nothing is better than hearing the occasional extension and special variant only to me, the one two 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 part that co- ends up like one two 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 two. Oh, oh, four more. So here's a commercial, and I'm sure you two will groan. Enjoy. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much, Rob. We love you. If you want to watch this ad with us, you can go into our sources. Yeah. Hey, Rob, getting ready for the big game? I'm the heavy hitter, and it's not a game. It's serious business to get you all the money you deserve when you're injured in a car wreck. The insurance company wants to pay you the least. I want them to pay you the most. Got a lot of curveballs? There's more money than they're telling you about, and I know how to get it for you. So what's your secret? I've got the Red Sox. The baseball team? No, my lucky Red Sox. Car wreck? Call me, attorney Rob Levine, and put the heavy hitter on your team. The heavy hitter is the one for you. Call 1-800-LAW-1222. Okay. 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 Love the jingle. Love the jingle. The jingle. The vibes are smooth. The vibe. The vibe was like a, a McDonald's. Yeah. Type, you know what I mean? Like a. Ooh. That was not what I was expecting. Rob also was not what I was expecting. He's very uh, Cena esque. He it, he is built Ford tough. Yes, if you know what I mean. And I do. Um, I liked. He seemed not intense. Yeah. A lot of these like lawyers are like, I am physically like into this, and I want to be threatening. He didn't seem so threatening. He wasn't really sticking it on. He was like, I'm a heavy hitter. He seemed like he had cool uncle vibes. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine he's not. I would ima- I would imagine he is not a cool uncle, but 
I could, one could imagine. Yeah. He's in the, he's in the, he's, the way he choked up on the bat, too, <laughs> made me think about some things. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> look, we just, we talked a lot about gay stuff. Yeah, we did. So we, we did. need some time. Are, we have our queer clo- coated glasses on. Yeah. And everything we look at is just, you know. And if there's one thing that we can say about masculinizing HRT, it's that it, it basically turns you into the squirrel from Ice Age. <laughs> uh, you got to get that nut, whatever <laughs> it takes. That was another Hans Christian Andersen, actually. <laughs> yeah. People don't know about that one. <laughs> oh, I think that's it. That's it. That's okay. it from us. Uh, until next time, we are signing off. Hmm, but first, a word for my spouse.